0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Relationships and Revenue podcast with your host, John Hewlin. If you're tuning into this particular episode, then you know, especially from the introduction, that this is part two of my interview with Tony Mandarich. So I really hope you enjoy this. Uh, if you haven't listened to or checked out the first episode, half or part one of this interview, be sure to do that. We'll be sure to include links for you as well so that you can get a hold of that, but definitely do that. Check out part one before checking out part two, which is this one. I really think you're going to get a lot out of what Tony has to say today. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So I want to learn more about what the transition was like for you between football, meaning after you went back, Mm -hmm. had your, I'll call them sober playing days. Yeah. Yeah. With the Colts when you officially retired, what was what was the transition like to uh, you'll pardon the vernacular but I don't know a better term to civilian life because right. you yeah. knew you knew a world that most of us don't know, yeah. kind of like most of us don't know the military world. So that's right. why I'm saying civilian.
1: Right. Well, the transition, and I'll just take it one step back, the transition from le- you know leaving Green Bay to the real mm-hmm. world was a train wreck. The transition from retiring from Indianapolis into the real world was as smooth as butter. Wow. Because I surrounded, I followed instruction and surrounded myself with good people, had a good foundation, um, could think clearly, knew that, you know, this was eventually gonna happen. And um, and it was, and, and really kind of took the, all those fundamentals. Now, you know, I, I retired at 31, 32 years old, And from the time I was 11 till that time, I dedicated most of my life to football and preparation for football or something to do with football. So all those things I learned along the way from my high school coaches, to my college coaches, to the pro coaches at two different teams, you know, all the mistakes made all the, I took all those fundamentals that worked because there was a core of fundamentals and then started to apply them in life in this real world or the civilian world, if you will. And whether that was with, you know, I mean, when I retired, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I, I, hmm. I forced myself, I told myself I was going to take six months to nine months, like off and just kind of, you know, unwind Okay, that lasted three months because <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's just not the way I'm wired. Okay. So at the time I was really into um the you know stock exchange and that's when the dot com boom was happening i retired in 98 99 so that's when that was happening so i thought well you know what i'd like to maybe be a financial advisor so interviewed with merrill i interviewed with merrill lynch and morgan stanley took a job with morgan stanley and um studied for my series seven passed my series seven and got my equities trading and um took the other tests and And I remember the one to the insurance test I was never fond of to be able to sell insurance, like through, um, Morgan Stanley. And, but it was, it, it was just that part, like that little niche was just so uninteresting to me, but the rest of it was very interesting, but I got that whole experience of learning how world markets work without being like an economics major Yeah, at school. So, and there's value. I think there was more value back in my day than there is now just personal opinion. Um, there was more value to economics. I mean, there's a different value of that economics and then there's a whole different value to studying, you know, three, four months, five months for a series to take a series seven exam, Mm -hmm. which is like four hours, five hours long. And then to go train at the world trade center for three months with, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Morgan Stanley was the largest tenant of the one of the world trade centers, I think they had 22 floors. Wow. Um, like that whole experience was incredible to go down on the NASDAQ, to go down to the New York stock exchange, to see all that stuff in, r- in real world life, mm-hmm. you know, um, was an unbelievable experience. But then I thought, you know, I went back to Indianapolis, worked out of the branch where I lived, you know, lived nearby and I played mm-hmm. in India, I liked India and I was like, I, I don't see this being me the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Uh, after about 18 months of doing it, I was like, I just don't see this doing this. So, you know, you're never locked in. You're never, although sometimes you feel like you're cornered, there's no options, there's always options. Yeah. You just have to weigh the consequences with those options, um, and see if they're worth it and if those, if if the consequences are worth it for the bigger picture, because the reward, or I don't want to say reward, but the outcome that you really want may have some consequences, but in the long run, it's going to be for the better. Um, You know, you weigh those out on, for me, it's on paper. You put it down on paper, pros and cons Mm -hmm. and short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. Where do you see yourself? Where where do I see myself, you know? And so after that, I moved back home to Canada and uh, owned and operated um, a family golf course. Mm -hmm. Um, Was part owner, not full owner. And, but I got to learn all the intricacies intricacies of kind of owner operator of a pretty big facility. You know, we put 35, 40,000 rounds of golf through every year. A, wow! It was a great time. It was a great four years of, and I already thought I had this down pretty good, but boy, did I realize how much more I improved on it was of dealing with people. Mm, mm-hmm. And, and the ones you remember the most, are the ones that were the most, ad, ad, you know, adversarial. not happy because of the pace of play or they're not happy because of the golf course you know uh, you know it's it's cart path only today because it rained last night they're not happy about that it's like well you can't keep everybody happy right you know so learning how to defuse a lot of those situations and how to you know calm people down or you know and and then in that all of those things were there was way more positive just Things where people just wanted to talk, to, uh, talk football to somebody who's a hometown boy, you know, who who got lucky enough to play in the NFL, and so I would share those experiences, and um, it was good. But then again, after four years, it was like I can't see myself doing this, you know, like the rest of my life. So, 2005 moved to Arizona, and I knew it would be somewhere in the Southwest, and it ended up being Arizona, obviously, and. Uh, and photography was always a passion, creativity, and and mm. which leads me to you know present day, still doing photography, commercial advertising photography, portrait photography, um, you know a lot of different photography. I mean, if you can, if there's you know, I I, I really like to do composite photography because you're pretty much limitless on what you can create. Mm. Um,
0: Do, do us a favor and, and tell us what that means. Cause not everybody knows
1: what. So composite photography would be like almost having a plan already on what you want the final product to be or what the end game is. Mm -hmm. Could be for a client. It could be for a self assignment that you have a self project that you have. And so I would take a picture say of the person in the studio against, you know, a gray or white background with its plane with the knowledge of explaining through preparation to that person, what the end image is going to be and that end image, the background I'm going to go out. If I don't already have those images, I might go out and start taking pictures of those images. And that could be anything from a beautiful landscape with mountains to alleys with graffiti to whatever, whatever I want the background to be. Some of it will be, Something that you cannot take a picture of. Um, uh-huh. It could be, you know, like something more on the, um, you know, I don't want to say the Disney side, but like, you know, like where you have like fairies and and you know, okay. stardust and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, so in the, a lot of that,
0: or maybe outer space
1: yeah, or something, yeah, like that. sci-fi yeah. or something. Um, okay. But you know, you learn those tools in, in your, uh, you know, Adobe software and or whatever software you're using, um, and then you the more you have in your toolbox and the more, you know, the more you find out what is possible that you can create. And, um, and so the simple elevator answer is composite photography is more or less putting two or more images together in one image to make it look like one image. Okay. If that makes sense.
0: Yes, it does. In fact, there are examples of that on your website.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's very, and it's, it's, um, it's difficult to do (laughs) all to do. Okay.
0: All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your word for that.
1: It's difficult to do. Um, and there's, there's so many talented, creative people out in the world now. And, um, with, you know, with the smartphones becoming the cameras on the smartphones are so good now that so much can be done, you know, not so much at a professional commercial level of like a photo shoot, like for, you know, you're shooting some major company in the U S or whatever the case may be, but you're not going to take your smartphone and shoot for, you know, American airlines, you're going to, you know, (laughs) there's lighting, there's all this other stuff involved, depending on what the ad the advertisement is or the commercial is. But yeah, um, there's a lot of things that like, I've gotten so many ideas from people that have Instagram accounts that are their own accounts, but in the description, it'll say you know, all my, and they're, you know, they're on the creative side and all of their photos that are taken are taken by that person. And it's taken off of us like a smartphone device. Wow. And some of the work is just absolutely stunning. Um, cool. so, you know, and I'll draw inspiration from some of, you know, a lot of times from some of that.
0: Oh, I could imagine In fact yeah. uh, folks, you guys, first of all, Tony, what's your website?
1: My website is my name, tonymanders.com.
0: Okay. You guys have to go out and check out Tony's website. Cause I mean, as soon as you see it, you see his work. I mean, he's an artist. That's what artists do. You have to display your art for people to see. And it is truly amazing stuff on there. Now you got to dig a little deeper for me to find one of my favorites of his. And I told him about it. It's a, uh, well, he gave me the inside scoop on it. So I know, but it happens to be an Apple store at like sunset, which has aluminum siding and it captured the, the oranges and the yellows and stuff right off of it. And the guy kind of leaning against it with this silhouette sort of thing. It's, it's a killer, killer picture. Oh my gosh. I love that thing. But, um, the, the composite stuff you're talking about, I mean, you see it immediately as soon as you go on the homepage, it's right there. And it's so good. And, you know, some of the, some of the models that you have used for some of those man, a, and so different, yeah. the people that you've yeah.
1: used. It's crucial. I mean, the uh, you know, who you work with, um, or who you collaborate with is crucial. Like their creativity is as crucial as yours. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 takes, it takes a team to get it all done. Um, you know, your name is the name that goes on the final result, but you know, it it's, you know, rarely is it just that person. I may have had the concept and everything, and I'm, I'm always open-minded enough to hear other people's ideas, even during the process, because there, sometimes they, they have a better twist to this than I do. And I'm like, I didn't even think of that. That's a great idea. So, you know, even though it's my website and my name is on, you know, the trademark or the copyright, it's like, trust me, there's a lot of work involved and it takes a whole team to do it all.
0: Group effort for sure.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Okay. So let's talk for a moment about your book. Okay. So uh, again, folks, let me remind you the title. The title is My Dirty Little Secrets, Steroids, Alcohol, and God, the Tony Mandarich story. The most obvious question about the book, Tony, is why write it? And I guess the secondary or follow-up question to that is who is the book for?
1: Well, the the reason for writing it was I wanted people to know the true, like the truth, the the real story. Um, because I could see all of the different avenues people had gone down with it's this, no, this is what happened. This is what went wrong. Or, this is... Right. And, Almost all of them were like wrong. Like, so I was like, well, this is what happened. And at first I had went when I started the, the process of writing a book, um, to some couple pretty big publishers and they had encouraged me highly to name names and kind of throw people under the bus, um, really? because it would sell more copies.
0: Okay, well, okay. I guess that's true.
1: You know, and I, you know, I said, well, that's not what the book's about. I said, the book's about accountability, the real story, the truth, what happened. And, and then, you know, what the experiences were and really everybody, as far as readership wise, everybody qualifies to read it. You don't have to be an athlete. You don't even have to be a football player because the book is about, this is what happened Mm -hmm. this is how it was. Then this is what happened with the sobriety. And then this is what it's like now. Okay. And that's really kind of how I, you know, would explain if i was to speak today in front of if i was to be a public speaker somewhere Mm -hmm. i really say what it was like and i don't spend too much time on it because most of them know a lot about it and then like what happened i spent some time on and then what is it like now Mm -hmm. with sobriety in your life and with god in your life and although you know god has always been in my life the way i see it It Mm He's never left i was the one that turned my back so I get that. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, so everybody qualifies from soccer mom to, you know, anybody, it, it, it doesn't have to be, uh, it, 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 if you interchange the circle, like the stories and stick with the, how did it make you feel? Mm-hmm. How did like, can you relate that situation to a situation in your life? And it made you feel like that, whereas something that you didn't have control of, you were out of, and something was managing your life, like chemical or and and that's where people will really relate and they um can connect and and then it helps a lot of people i've got you know know, a lot of feedback now since 2009 when the book was released everything from parents speaking to me about it helped them understand their kid better and you know Mm -hmm. their kid was you know and it could have been a daughter and it could have been a daughter that was out of control with partying or something or could have been a son that was you know, you know, where there were stories in there and that they could relate to it help them understand more. Okay. Um, and it helped give them hope that things can change for sure. You know, so, so that was, you know, I didn't want to, the story was about This was the truth. This is how it really happened from the horse's mouth and take the accountability. And then it was like, you know, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And mm-hmm. then go on. Now, you know, the book ends at 2009, right? So, you know, there's been a lot that's happened since 2009. So I'm in the process now of making that 2009 book, uh, on audio. Okay. And just as an option for people, um, on Amazon. So I'm recording that on audio and then I am gonna, I'm gonna write another book. There's actually a couple other books on. Gonna write where I'm in the really yeah early stages of um, brainstorming on how I wanna you know write it. And Okay, not gonna be anything controversial or anything like that. <laughs> it's gonna be it's just it's just gonna be life. It's gonna be you know my life experience. It's gonna be about things I think that are very important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's it's gonna be things um, that are very fundamental. Mm-hmm. Um. And just a lot of them on, you know, my experiences in life, um, both the great experiences and the horrific ones, Yeah, you know, Get cause that. you can't just talk about all the bad stuff and you can't <laughs> just talk about all the good stuff. You have to tell the whole story, you know, right. just to give perspective and, and, and stuff.
0: Oh, for sure. Now, one of the things that we talk about on this podcast with frequency, not that this will be any shock to you is relationships. Mm-hmm And one of the things that that I try to do is I try to encourage people in general, but specifically men, try to encourage and help teach men how to get better in their most significant relationships at home Mm -hmm. so they can be better in their business relationship. So let me ask you this. um, What would you say are some of the top things you've learned about relationships? Because you've been married twice, correct? Correct. Okay. What would you say are some of the things that you have learned about relationships, whether you did it right or not, that has helped you going forward, even post the second divorce.
1: I would say, you know, a lot of this is, is like, it's just coming to mind now. Um, although I, you know, look back and dissected and why went wrong, what was my part. Um, I would definitely say an obvious one is communication. I mean, huge. But it's also having crystal clear communication so so the person with what's coming out of your mouth they like that they understand what you mean by what what you're saying because a lot of times it's interpreted differently for one reason or another it could be interpreted differently so um and vice versa if somebody if if you know that person that i was one of the either people I was married to or I was in a relationship with, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend thing. If I'm hearing something different than they really mean, I need to clarify that. And it also needs to be done the other way too. If I'm saying something to them that is important, um, today I will make sure that I'll almost have that practice of, um, if somebody's explaining or saying something to me, I will just say, okay, I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. And then I will repeat it back to them on what I've heard just so I'm clear and not misinterpreting because I might be misinterpreting what they're saying. Um, and if, if I don't do that and if I misinterpret it or well, right, right, away, you're going down the wrong path of, mm-hmm. of, you know, a fight happening or, or whatever the disagreement and you keep having those and they build up they compound and they don't end well. Um, But I would say, you know, crystal clear communication. And I think, I think the one thing is, and I can't like blame anybody or anything. You know, if, if anything, I'll, I'll say society, um, as a second thing. But the first thing is me, um, to blame on this or to be aware of this is for somebody that doesn't give up too easily on goals, Mm -hmm. I think I gave up too easily on the relationships. I was like, they, um, it's like, it, it's like, it's, it's too bad. It's like so bad that it's just, it's not recoverable. It's not worth salvaging. It's not worth going through the work, um, where I think it's too easy to split. And I think that, I think staying the course, um, and I've learned, you know, this, especially in the last, you know, latter years of my life staying the course, uh, would, would have probably paid dividends, um, at a compounding effect that is, I couldn't even measure, you know, because you're going to have adversity and disagreements no matter what.
0: Yeah. True. <laughs> so,
1: you know, it's, you're invested in the person and the person's invested in you. And I think, you know, support what their goals are and they support what your goals are. And you mm-hmm. on the same page with the fundamentals. I think I personally think faith, what you believe in, um, as a higher power or a God of your understanding, Mm -hmm. I think that is a pretty crucial one for me. I mean, I know it is for me, but I think it's a pretty crucial one in general as a fundamental. Mm -hmm. Um, not that it can't work if, if those two people don't believe in the same thing, but I think that you're already putting obstacles in your way. Um, because where I go for strength, the other person doesn't uh yeah. you know sometimes and for sure or where they go for strength i don't mm-hmm. you know so it's it, it kind of is like it already you know to have those talks and understandings and everything are all good to do early in the relationship i believe oh for sure <laughs> Which, for sure you know <laughs> we're, we're obviously you know not things i practiced and um and then you have the obvious like the obvious problems of infidelity mm. lack of loyalty lack of love and care or, you know, or the smothering of love and care, Mm. you know, it could, you know, it's almost like too much of anything is not good. It's like, you want some balance of everything. And it's like, right. Um, I love steak, but I can't see, I don't want to eat steak every day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you, you don't appreciate it. But so I think like, I like to take things back to fundamentals and it's like, okay, well, there's things in the past that have happened that cannot be corrected. Um, There are things in the past that are viewed as perception wise, totally polar opposite, but that's okay because people, that was that person's experience or this person's experience or the other person's experience. And it's like, as long as you're clear with each other and you have a clear understanding and then if you, then you find out what do you want today? What do you want? And if the people want the same thing, then, you know, you make a plan, take steps towards that. And I don't want it to sound too, you know, um, like, uh, it's step-by-step orientated because a lot of it just happens by being a human you know, just be yourself, yeah. be yourself and treat people with love and respect and, and, and treat them the way like that golden rule. Treat them the way you want to be treated, treat them with respect and love and treat them as as they might be able to teach you something you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, be open-minded enough to listen. And, um, yeah. but that all being said, like whatever that is, you know, uh, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, kid, parent, whatever the case may be, if they've got to both parties or whether it's two, two people or, you know, a family of people or whatever, they have to want the same end game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because if they don't, well then you know, you're spinning your wheels.
0: For sure. For sure. Another thing we talk about on this podcast often are habits and how important habits are. So if you would tell us one habit, a daily habit that you do that you believe is crucial, not just for you, but for any entrepreneur.
1: Uh, well, for me, I mean this is this this answer is the answer for me. And it's like, is I hit my knees first thing in the morning. Okay. I hit my knees and I, um, and I, you know, I say my prayer or prayers that I say and, um, ask, for, you know, simply ask for guidance and direction to, to be of service to the best of my ability to people that I run across today. And, and I, you know, inc- there's people I include in, in that prayer on a daily basis that I just, you know, that I don't see that you know, I know I'm not gonna see today or that are already gone and passed away or, or whatever the case may be. But for me, it's like when you say crucial, mm-hmm. I mean that's with a capital C. Okay. I mean like I will not leave that front door without it in my knees because okay. I'm already starting to take a risk, I feel <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I just it's it's a it's a for me it's the way to start the day. And I, and I can tell you like, there's a stereotype of, cause I have stereotype or had a stereotype of what people are that are Bible thumpers or this or that, or, you know, you've, we've all heard all of the phrases of, you know, I don't consider myself a Bible thumper. I've talked about God a lot, mm-hmm. even in this brief time we've talked, but you know, that's part of what works for me, you know? And that's what it's like, I'm pretty crystal clear and have a good knowing and understanding that that's what has got me, you know, still living here and still here with a purpose to carry a message, um, yeah. you know, of, of uh, whether it's sobriety or anything, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it's crucial that. And then obviously, you know, in that comes hand in hand, not drinking and drugging because right. that's, a, you know, self-sabotage
0: for sure, for sure. Well, we're coming up close to wrap up time and we have a, a final four that we go through, but before we get there, what are the best ways for people to get in contact with you? And it's like, Hey, I loved what Tony had to say. I would love to connect with him in some way. How can folks do that?
1: The, um, uh, there's two ways that are probably the best way. One is either go to my website and, and just go to contact, mm-hmm. you know, the contact form, um, or really the only social media platform that I've been using the last year and a half, two years has been Instagram. So DMing me on Instagram is probably like the second best way. Um, Instagram and Facebook are, you know, well, Facebook owns Instagram. So even though I have a Facebook account, when I post on Instagram, it automatically syndicates to my Facebook. So I don't check my messenger on Facebook. Maybe I check it once a month, maybe, maybe twice a month, but rarely do I check it because I'm just on Instagram. So it may look like I'm active on Facebook, but if you see everything's coming from Instagram. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say either through my website or through, uh, you know, on Instagram.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Now this, this final four, we're going to do It's There are four quick questions. I'm just, you just tell me the first thing pops in your head. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. First one's usually the hardest for most people, okay. but I don't think it's that hard. So okay. here we go. Why did God create Tony? Let's carry a message. Okay. Carry a message. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow?
1: Uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, um, He's got a book called 12 More Rules for Life, um, mm-hmm. Order Beyond Chaos. I think it's, it's, or Beyond Chaos, and then the first version of that was released in 2018 so that along with um some stoicism um reading from the stoics and um you know and and obviously 12-step literature Mm -hmm. um and um there's a few other books that i i will include or like as far as currently reading reading it's the jordan you know a lot of jordan peterson
0: okay there
1: are a lot of other books that i'll do like you know, go into cycles of meditation with like one month, I'll just start reading out of this one book for a daily meditation kind of thing.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Um, Are there any podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis outside of this one, of course?
1: Well, this one obviously (laughs) being number one. Obviously. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, I, I really, um, I I really like Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, He's, you know, he's a very unique man. He's, uh, he is, he's been criticized a lot. Um, he's been praised a lot. Uh, and that's the great thing about this country. You can, you know, you have a say in what you want to say. So I think he's made, you know, personally, I think he's been treated a little bit unfairly recently, but that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I learn a lot from the people that he brings on. He questions those experts. I I think in a, in a very similar way that I would want to, I'd be thinking of a question I'd want to think of. And then I'd be like, oh, he already, he just asked it. So it's kind of like, um, I really jive with that. It really, I really like it. Um, I also listen to, um, one called the dark horse podcast. Okay. Um, it's a husband and wife and they're, you know, I don't want to hack up their title, but I want to say they're like scientists of bi, like biology, uh, okay. human biology, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, there's a podcast called big value entertainment. It's about this, I forget the guy's name. He's got a kind of a weird name, David, David bet something. It's like a weird, it's almost like the last part of his name is made up, but I like his podcast a lot and he's a self-made billionaire, nice. um, you know, immigrant from Iran, uh, very polished guy asks good question has high level, um, guests on that are experts in their field or, you know, people that you, most of the people he has on you, I would say at least 50% of them you've heard of. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. And he, and he, he asks tough questions, which I like, um, Mm. and he's not afraid to call people out on BS or or does it, I think he's about wanting, you know, the truth, Mm -hmm. not wanting a certain side. Um, A lot of people won't say that, but yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people say, well, he'll lean one way or the other. It just depends on how you believe. But like those two, Theo Vaughn um, has a podcast. He's a comedian. He has a podcast named this called This Past Weekend. Okay. And I had never heard of it before. And I was a guest on it about a year and a half, two years ago now. Um, and it's, it's, I really like it. It's a good podcast. Uh, I had to watch a few episodes before I agreed to go on it just because I didn't know what it was about. But yeah. I think he, he. he his podcast is very authentic. It's very real. It's very funny. Um, so yeah, like those podcasts, you know, and there's a few others that like, like I like Lex Friedman, who mm-hmm. is uh, is at MIT and he's a young guy. He's like, mm-hmm. I want to say he's like 30 something years old, wow. and, but the way he thinks and his specialty is, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, but he asks questions that well, that I can understand. Oh, okay. Okay. Because MIT wouldn't let me set foot on their campus, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he, yeah, I, I really like like Lex Friedman's um, plug. I mean, he's had Elon Musk on and he's had okay. other people on that are um critical thinkers.
0: Gotcha. Okay. What do you like to do for fun?
1: Well, believe it or not, uh photography and, <laughs> and, okay, so that's like an easy one that everybody knows, but yeah. you know, you know what I really do enjoy is... I, 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 do enjoy gaming on, oh, like, okay. and it's, you know, I don't know if I consider myself like, I mean, I play enough to consider myself a gamer, but I don't know if I consider myself a gamer, if you only like one game.
0: Oh, okay.
1: You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah. like, I don't like, I'm not all about like playing, you know, five different games. Like, there's one game that I really enjoy because, and I think one of the reasons is visually it's awesome. It's like, it's sci-fi, right? It's visually incredible, but their storyline is incredible. Interesting. You okay. know, and so that obviously is something that captures my attention. And um, so I guess, you know, that's something probably a lot of people would not know that I love doing this game.
0: I, I would never have known that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, okay, you know, I do it via Xbox and I have some friends that, you know, because we connect with friends and you're part of a group and stuff. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we will play together and. Um, and it's fun, you know, just it's camaraderie and, uh, at mm-hmm. a technology level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what would you say you're most grateful for?
1: <sighs> My mistakes probably. Appreciate well, that. for sure. For sure. I mean, okay. You know, in that, I think a lot of people would default to a person or persons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learn a ton from people and have before and have been taught a ton, and continue to be thought a lot by a lot of people, but my mistakes are the things I'm the most grateful for because I mean, they forced me to change. Perfect.
0: Love that. You know, it's, it's interesting. We talked a little bit earlier about, um, failing and, you know, one of the things that, that I like to do is typically I'll ask guests. I'm not actually going to ask you to answer this because I'm going to share my thoughts on it, but is there a difference between failing and failure? And I say that there is, Um, to me, and we may have talked about this before that to me, the difference is that failing means you tried something, it didn't go right. And you have an opportunity to learn from it, i.e the mistakes, like you just mentioned, failure on the other hand, is an active choice to stay stuck. It's a state of being. And if I'm failing, that's a good thing because that's the only way I'm going to learn and get better. But if I am a failure, that's a problem. I can't get out of that. And I would say that. And, and maybe you can help me understand it. Would you consider yourself someone who I would say in your previous life, I mean, in your alcohol, painkiller, addicted life, mm-hmm. that that was failure, meaning you were staying stuck in that world until you got through it.
1: Yeah, there was and def- that no
0: longer stays with you.
1: Yeah, there was definitely, I would say a, a period of years that I would definitely label as failure. And not necessarily because of the ineffectiveness of the playing of the game, but it's from the cause of the ineffectiveness of the playing of the game and then stopping, trying to change that Mm. is where I stayed as a failure. Then when it changed and I, you know, got sober and yeah, there's a lot of failing that's happened, there's a lot of failure that's happened or like, um, mistakes that were made failures but you're not failing unless you're in the game
0: it's a good point
1: in the game of life you know it's like if you're if you know if you're not making mistakes you're not in the game if you're not doing great things you're not in the game so there's a lot of people sitting cozy comfortable on the sideline you know and i use that vernacular because of the sport i played but it's like there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines of life in the comfort zone pointing the finger at other people, Mm -hmm. but yet not wanting to take the risk of something because they're afraid of failing. Well, if you're failing, you're in the game. And I remember getting a holding call on a key third down play. I remember like it was yesterday. It was in New York playing the Jets at the Meadowlands. And we ended up getting a first down, but because of my holding penalty, it got brought back. And then it was like an impossible task. It was like third and Twenty-five didn't mm-hmm. get it repunted. So when, as I'm running off the field, I run directly to my offensive line coach because I'm not I'm not going to avoid what I know is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to head. I'm going to deal with it head on and 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 straightforward. And I was waiting for a, like a verbal lashing, and um he's at first. He just asked me, "Did you hold him?" And I was like, "You know, yeah." I said my hand was outside of his pads a little bit, and. Said, did I hold him like flagrantly and really pull him down? No, but I said, I, you know, we'll see the film. But I said, I'm not going to say I wasn't, I I definitely was holding him to a degree. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. And he could see I was really down on, on myself for it. And and I think this is part of what makes a great coach, a great coach. This was my offensive line coach time. And he said, he put his hand on my shoulder pads and he said, turn around, look at the stands. And then he made me do like a 180. You see, you see all these people here. He's like, you know, how many of those people wish they could get all the penalty <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and, and it was like, whoa, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, I understand what you're saying. And then he said, don't do it again, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, but it's like, uh, I, I see exactly what he was saying. Yeah. He it's helped
0: like, put it in perspective for you. He
1: it, did. Or... He's like, if you're not in the game, if you're not getting penalties, you're not holding if you're not, you know, celebrating touchdowns, you're not in the game either. You know, or when I say, I'm sorry, I think I misspoke on the other one, but if you're getting penalties in the game, you're in the game, you're not going to get a holding penalty standing on the side.
0: No, that's not going to happen.
1: Right. So, um, he's like, a lot of those people would kill to be in the game yes. in this, in that game, like in the foot game of football. <laughs> um, but just, you know, for one reason or another, Circumstance, athletic ability, doesn't matter what, it is it's the majority of them are not, and that's just the way that thing is.
0: Perfect. Well, listen, Tony, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really, really appreciate it, and I know the audience does as well. Just your your openness and your honesty, and you know, sharing about your your journey with sobriety and how important that is to you, and what a difference that can make to folks like us, and even if that's not our own personal journey, I guarantee you, we know people we're going through that journey. And your story to me is an inspiration as a way to encourage other folks who are, who are in that, who are, who are dealing with that daily battle that you have.
1: And a lot of those people, we don't know that they're dealing with that battle, you know? So it's, it's, uh, I'm grateful for you having me on and giving me the opportunity to share. And, um, you know, hopefully, I mean, I know it helped me, Sharing this time with you. So hopefully it'll help somebody or something that one of us said will click with somebody and, and hopefully it'll give them a different perspective or maybe uh, it'll give them a little push to, to, you know, change something.
0: Absolutely. And folks, if you've made it this far into this particular episode, then first of all, good for you. Second of all, because uh, this is a little bit longer one, and that's okay. I, I knew it was going to be, and I'm glad that it is. But I have something to give away to all of you. As Tony mentioned earlier, he wrote a book, and I am going to be getting a signed copy from Tony that I'm going to give away. But this is how you get it. The way you do it is you take your handy-dandy little phone, as you're paying attention and you're listening to the podcast on your phone, I want you to take a screenshot of the episode. So it'll, it'll show the picture that it's supposed to I'll have Tony's name on it. I want you to post it on Instagram because that's where Tony is. So you got to put it on Instagram. You got to tag him and you tag me. And when you tag both of us, I'll respond back to you. I'll send you a DM and we'll get that book sent out to you.
1: That's a great idea.
0: So that's what we're going to do for all of you. So for the first person who does that, you'll get a book. The second person who knows, you might even get a shout out from Tony. That's right. You might. So just watch out for that. That could happen. Again, Tony, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. And thank all of you for spending some of your very precious time with us. And we don't take that lightly. So you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.